Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning to Life Happens. Uh, we have a very special guest, somebody I know very well, and uh, Andrea Zadie is uh, with us, and she has A to Z geriatric care. And, um, and a lot of people, I think, um, Andrea, don't really know exactly what you do. And um, so let's talk about uh, what an aging life care professional does. Well, great. Um, it's a pleasure to talk with you um, this morning, and it's a pleasure to give everyone information on aging life care professionals. Uh, we are a very um, old um, kind of profession, although not well known across the United States, I'm afraid, and I have no idea why, but um, an aging life care professional is someone who I describe as um, a family's boots on the ground to help their loved one. Um, I describe them in loving terms as a second daughter sometimes, uh, or a second son, because we have male aging life care professionals out there as well. I think that people benefit from having an aging life care professional because we have knowledge in um, all the areas necessary to help a person have the best life they can have. And I think if you looked at my website, that is one of my um, most important functions. Is I feel that people um, have the right to age in place or age wherever they want to age and to live their best life possible. And how do we do that, um, both medically, uh, financially, um, keeping your independence is important, and also just managing your day-to-day -day so that as a family, you don't have to worry about your mom and dad so much, and especially if you live out of town. And I do have a lot of families who are out of town right. and their mom and dad live here in Texas. So hugely important. And so, uh, so let's, let's maybe get a little bit more specific. And so, um, what does, I mean, you know, an aging life professional do? So, um, kind of talk about the different things that you do so that people can get a really good feel for how much they want someone just like you <laughs> in their life. <laughs> so, uh, our system, uh, medical and otherwise is kind of, hard to navigate and we don't have, um, I don't know, there's not a really big how to out there. Like when I hear people say when they have a baby, like I'm not scared about having the baby, but what happens when I bring that baby home? Well, the same thing, how do we help our parents? Um, how do we um, age? So one thing that is a big component um, in the first thing that I do is I'm going to evaluate each individual. Uh, I'm going to evaluate their ability to perform um, activities of daily living, you know, different things like can they manage um, getting to the bathroom and manage all those tasks, how well they do and safe they in the shower, um, how can, uh, can they cook for themselves, do they need help with meal preparation, are they still driving, can they go to the grocery store or perform um, day-to-day -day tasks like getting their medications. 
um, how organized are their medications. Uh, Another area that I feel is very important and I do a lot of evaluation is cognitive assessment. Um, I might perform a cognitive assessment on somebody if I think they need it to see where they are. I might make recommendations to see a neurologist or a neuropsych uh, person to help make sure we're all on the same page. Where are we um, and mental health wise? Uh, I'm going to also develop a plan based on all my evaluations. I'm gonna look at the home, I'm gonna look at home safety, uh, or where are they? Do they um, do they live in a senior apartment complex? Is their bathroom accessible to them? Uh, is it safe? Um, what are the safety issues that I see? And then I'm gonna develop a full plan of action. So I'm gonna make recommendations. I'm gonna develop a plan. Who will be part of that plan? What are the key players in that plan? And each person will have their role and um, then the plan will be reviewed with the family and with the person and the person's wishes, desires, and hopes and dreams in mind. And then we look at all those things and hopefully put together a core team of people to help that person live the best life they can. And so I find a lot in my practice that, that seniors as they age, um, don't want to leave the house, no matter, even when it's not safe, um, even when they can't take care of themselves, you know, that that they are absolutely not leaving the house. Um, how do you help families navigate the transition when they can no longer stay at home? So uh, right now during COVID, I know a lot of my families, I've been recommending a lot of um, home care And there's a lot of wonderful home care agencies out there with um, caregivers that can come in the home anywhere from four hours per day to 12 hour shifts and be there 24 seven. So right now, I think a lot of people are trying to remain in their home or in their home-like environment. And for some people that's not possible financially because a home has a lot of hidden costs that I think people don't really take into consideration. Of course, you know, the water heater breaks and it has to be repaired or the roof needs to be replaced or in our recent disaster pipes broke. And I have, you know, families, it's $10,000 to repair all that. And that's just going to take them out financially or not be feasible. Um, So some people I might recommend moving into um, a more wheelchair accessible senior housing. Um, Sometimes people can move into senior housing options that have rent assistance um, where they pay 30% of their income for rent. Um, And then of course there are a lot of assisted livings and I evaluate the person and then I look at the assisted living situation that I think Um, might suit their needs and personality. So assisted living is also something um, I'm recommending right now during COVID. And and then of course, if there's other financial considerations um, and we have to go towards Medicaid, then we might look at toward nursing home care. So when I know that there that families, you know, as you as you age, things are different with everybody. Some similarities, but everybody's kind of unique in what their circumstances are. Um, how do we know 
how do you tell somebody or how should they know the families know that it's time to hire someone exactly like you to help them? That's a very good question. Uh, a lot of times I get called in because it's a crisis. And so we're doing a lot of cleanup crisis care. Um, a lot of times I get called because people go to the hospital for a fall and frequent falls is a red flag for any family to take a look at what's happening um, to their mom or dad um, or their loved ones. Sometimes it's a grandmother or grandfather. Um, frequent falls is a red flag because that tells me that there's something going on, uh, either uh, medically or neurologically that's causing those falls um, to happen. And it's a disaster um, just waiting to happen. And it's a trip to the hospital with a broken bone, ankle, hip, um, you just don't know. And sometimes that leads to further decline. So um, I look at um, avoiding um, meeting me at the hospital. <laughs> but uh, that is one of my biggest fortes because I came up as a medical social worker and I've worked in hospitals and the medical system for 36 years and in various states um, throughout uh, the United States as well. So I'm pretty familiar with medical um, aspect of care. And um, I do understand that families often call me because it's a medical problem or because um, if, if you might be get you, you visit mom and dad, uh, maybe you don't see them all the time because you don't live in the same state or you come for a visit and it's Easter. I get a lot of calls after Easter, Christmas, Thanksgiving. And uh, I went to mom and dad's house and I noticed the mail is stacked up on the table like this high and we couldn't have Thanksgiving dinner because it was full of mail. And uh, I noticed that uh, this bill got, this thing got shut off or mom has no more cable because cable got shut off because she forgot to pay the bill. So I get calls um, after a holiday. Uh, if you begin to notice, you go come for a visit and your mom and dad uh, have mail stacked up and they haven't paid bills or there's, um, they're not reading their mail and tossing it out. That's a key indicator. You go and look in the refrigerator and there's food in there that is old, moldy. Um, maybe they've lost weight. You come and they're not um, looking the same. Those are all important indicators that it's time to get help in the home. It's time to call somebody and say, hey, we need guidance here. Um, we need guidance to help us get a caregiver in here or maybe the house is in such disrepair that it's time to start looking at how do we clean it up and move mom and dad to a safer environment. So all good things. Mm -hmm. and, uh, absolutely. <clears throat> and I know that we find that, um, you know, that a lot of the kids, you know, that are even sometimes even close, don't spend as much time with mom and dad as they should. Yeah. Especially you know, during COVID, right? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a nice excuse for some, I think. And, yeah. uh, you know, but most of my families are really good about, you know, taking care of each other, you know, and things like that. But for those people that don't know you as well as I do and know how good you are, um, how do they go about choosing an aging life care professional? Uh, so uh, I belong to um, the Aging Life Care Association, and I'm also a certified licensed care manager through um, an organization called NACM, the National Association of Care Managers. And uh, one of the things that 
uh, that I recommend looking at is uh, I recommend going to the Aging Life Care Association website to find an aging life care specialist in your area that can um, help you navigate. And people that belong to the National um, uh, Association of Care Managers, we have had to go through, we have to have an education in one of the related fields. So many of us are social workers, nurses, or psychologists, or actually geriatric um, uh, specialists. And then we also have to have several years under um, the supervision of another aging life care specialist. And we have to take an, um, and study for an exam in order to be certified. So you'll find um, that we are quite professional. And uh, like I said, I had 36 years in medical social work before I, you know, started uh, kind of thinking about a, a care management position. And I had a mentor um, who I loved very much and unfortunately moved out of the Texas area, but I still keep in touch with her. Myra Johnson, many of you. Yeah, she was great too. Great aging yeah. life care specialist in our area. And uh, I have colleagues, we get together, we talk about cases, we talk about problems, how to solve them. And we do have to have, uh, in addition to my social work, 30 hours in uh, two years, I have to have um, quite a few uh, uh, education hours to continue my certification in aging life care. And we have to have knowledge in about um, what we call it eight areas. So legal, when to know to call a lawyer like you, who I recommend. Um, we have to have knowledge in mediation because families don't always agree on how things should go. Um, and then medical is a big one. Um, and we have to have knowledge in what are the housing options in our area? What are the financial um, constraints and options for seniors? How do they fund um, the various types of situations that they want to be in? Because there's more than one way to fund some of these things um, for our seniors. And I think there's creative ways that we look at. Um, then, of course, we have to understand the laws uh, regarding advanced directives, guardianship, and when to call those folks in. And so all I could think about is you have to have probably more education a year than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. like, I have to take tests, more tests. I'm like, oh, you know, so, right. um, you know, but I know, you know, as, a, as an elder law attorney, how important it is for families to have someone in their lives that are very, that can cover all these different areas to help them come to good decisions and help them to make sure that their loved ones are getting taken care of the right way and that they're staying healthy and they're safe because that's mm -hmm. a big thing. Um, and so, and, and then from our perspective, you know, we also look for elder abuse as well. Yes. Sure. That no one is taking advantage of, you know, of the senior that's, you know, having some difficulty, you know, and now needing some extra stuff. And so, so do me a favor. So tell my listeners, um, how do they find you? Great. You can find me on the Aging Life Care Association website. Uh, I have a uh, website. It's not uh, super great, but it's fun. A, a to Z jerrycare.com. You can email me at amzady at gmail.com or call me. Uh, I'm available uh, via 
phone as much as possible. Uh, I do answer my phone. I do call back right away as soon as I can. And I'd love to hear from people. Um, I, if people are just interested in getting a general um, consultation from me, I do general consultation without the um, pressure of keeping me on as the um, care manager. I think some people you know, with financial constraints, just need a consultation to start pointing them in the right direction. Uh, I'm good doing a one-time consultation for people and uh, helping them get uh, started on their journey with their mom and dad. Uh, I also do uh, presentations. I've done, um, I have a YouTube video out there uh, right now, how to have the conversation, which I think is really important. So it, it's uh, both sides of the uh, coin. Um, mom and dad want to have a conversation with their kids and the kids say, I don't want to talk about death and I don't want to talk about when you get too old to take care of yourselves. And then kids kind of saying to mom and dad, hey, I have no idea what your finances are. I have no idea. Am I your medical power of attorney? Where are those documents? What do you want in the future? So um, I do a nice presentation about how to have the conversation with the other. And I think that's really important. Uh, one of the other important things I think that our seniors um, are facing and we don't think about, especially during COVID, is grief. Uh, losing your abilities, losing your ability to be independent, losing your physical abilities if if you uh, become ill. So I do grief recovery. I do presentations on grieving and anticipatory grief from all aspects. So you can see some of those presentations on care partners. I also do that. It's funny you were talking about the kids not wanting to talk to mom because I had I had a couple that were in here and they're like, the kids don't want to talk about it. I said, then give them your mom look. And she goes, what? I'm like, you know, the look it says you're going to listen to me whether I want you to want to or not. I'm like, I know you have that. Every mom has the mom look. She That's started right. and she said, OK, I'll do that. I'm like, give them the mom look. Say, look, this is not an option. You know, you have to do this. You need to know these things, you know, so. And uh, definitely. And so so you can call Andrea at 281-910-0930. And so I wanted to make sure that uh, that they got that. And so and Andrea, thanks so much for being on the show. What you do is so invaluable to so many families and um, always good information. Thank you so much for having me and letting me spread the word about aging life care specialists. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.